Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Tatum turns, attack the paint, flip to the corner, smart three in the air, got it! And the Celtics inch closer, up by 14 with five minutes to go. They jump at Tatum, double team, he gets it away to Horford. Horford attacks, lob for Rob Williams, two-hand slam. That was nice. Power the tower, man. For the first time in 12 years, the Boston Celtics have a home game in the NBA Finals, and they will win it going away. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Man, the emotions, the rivalries, the characters in sports can change things, get you in a direction that you never believed was possible. That was the Celtics winning last night against the Warriors. I bet the Warriors late, but it was one of those, if they're going to win, I'm going to win, and if they're going to lose, I still win. Which, for me, with a Boston team, to, to root for Boston... Well, I do in a series. Yeah. But to root for Boston as a fan, that's something I never thought I would say. But you got two evils here, and for me, clearly, GSW is the bigger evil. I'm actually thinking about wiping out the entire hour that we had planned, but I think I'm going to save it for 530. We have to go down this path later in the hour. I will tease this and we'll forget, but um, Brad Powers talking about leaving Vegas eventually – because he needs land, is fascinating. And I've had multiple encounters the last week where people were talking about land, and I'm like, I don't know what that world is. Speaking of that, I mentioned Yellowstone, mm-hmm. that you would go with Brad Powers as his ranch hand. To the National Park. And you looked at me on the Yellowstone comment like, no idea. The TV show, Yellowstone. Is that where Yogi Bear lives? John Dutton. Rip. Nothing? No. You haven't watched the show? Or is that the name of the marshal in Yogi Bear? No. Oh. You haven't watched the show? No. You got to watch it. Somebody told me, what show did I mention the other day that I watched? And they were like, yeah, like Yellowstone. And I was like, I'm got nothing for you. I don't know no what that is. No. I, I know Kevin Costner's in it. Yeah. And I know that my dad watches it, I think. I know why your dad watches it. Because yeah. of Beth. I mean, I would not. I feel like my Ask father's you. a happily married man who might be listening to this program. Who You'd be would, happily married and still like Beth. Who would deny all of these accusations. Ask, just next time you talk to your dad, go, hey, I did a, a show with Cofield, if you've, if, you know, if you've ever told him what you do. Well, um, and, and go, uh, he said that you probably watch Yellowstone because of Beth. Now, my father alleges, and I feel like this is just a dad doing stuff to make his son feel better. My father alleges that I'm like a hit in his office because everybody listens. So there's a chance that this is going to be told to my father anyway. Okay. Or he's lying to boost my confidence and nobody in his office is listening to this right now. Either way, I'll ask him. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. The Live scoreboard, the Saudi no. back league, LIV. No, no, no. I am putting my hand down, my foot, fist. Live. No. I, I was proven correct the other day. I, I just, you know, out of thin air, I was like, is this live or is, are they Roman numerals? They are Roman numerals, so it's not live golf invitational. It is 56 golf invitational. Call it by its correct name. Well, it's the Saudi Golf League, which I don't know why we're trying to sanitize it. It's the Saudi Golf League. <laughs> uh, leading the way is Schwartzel, five under. 
Dustin Johnson, Mickelson both shot a one under. This is their tournament. You see that stupid scoreboard? I didn't like that. No. I didn't like the abbreviations. Like, I don't really know a lot of the golfers, and I'm like, I don't know what this abbreviation is for. I guess guess it's F1-like. Yeah, like, so, like, you'll see people, like, you'll see them actively move up and down. Yeah, throughout. Like, there's a race going on. Right. Well, we we got the news this morning. PGA Tour has just dropped a hammer on Phil Mickelson. This is according to TMZ and the other golf stars who defected to the new 56 Live Saudi League. Announcing Thursday, it suspended all of them indefinitely. Hoorah, hoorah, let's do this. That'll teach me. Let's do this. I heard a report that Phil Mickelson was like, no! And then he packed his bags and came back home. So if you've listened to the last couple days, I've changed my tune on this from like a month ago, and I think I got – and the same thing happens with Draymond, right? We're going to get to Draymond. I think sometimes you dislike someone so much and you think they're such a crumb that you don't see things clearly. And while the Saudis are dirtbags and have done horrific things – there's a lot of depth to the story. A lot of depth to the story. And I thought Colin Cowherd on his show nailed it over on our sister station, Fox Sports Las Vegas. You can hear it in the mornings, 1340 and 98.9 FM, as he he talks about the bigger picture here. So, like, we're going to get all worked up over the golfers and the Saudis. Okay. You want me to be outraged over Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson. Can't get there. Our government is in a, a strong relationship with Saudi Arabia. These tournaments are all over American soil. Nobody's outraged at the, the golf courses in Miami or Oregon or Colorado or Illinois. No, it's just attack the golfers. So are we going to go protest? Pretty easy to do, right? Right. I, I, Colin makes a very good point. Wait, so they're allowed to be partners, but the guys who play the course, they're the dirtbags? Really? They're the easy targets. And some of them are hateable figures. Well, actually, and that's and the other point about Phil this. Phil and Norman have become guys that a lot of people don't like. They're all actually kind of hateable. Like, think about all the guys that are going to the golf to, like over there right now, right? Is there one man amongst them that you're like, that guy seems like a really fun and nice guy? No. They seem like a bunch of D-bags who don't really seem like good dudes. And I think it makes it easy to target them to do something like this. You know, I always feel like parents are more responsible than their children. I also feel our government's more responsible for things than our citizens. We all want them to answer for the blood money. Where are the sanctions against Saudi Arabia for killing an American journalist, which the Saudis now acknowledge, and 9-11, which our FBI believes al-Qaeda was funded at some level by the Saudi government? People in power should be held to a more responsible level. These are golfers. I agree with Rory. I think this could go sideways for these guys because the Saudi government has not always been an honest actor. And going forward, if they do bad things, it will circle back to a Mickelson or a Dustin Johnson. But I think we should hold our government more accountable than we do. Our athletes are athletes. Is that podcast, Colin, or Fox Sports, Colin? I guess that was Fox Sports, Colin. Okay. I never hear him t- like approach topics like this on his radio show. I don't listen that often, but they're very surface-level topics usually on his radio show because I, I, I think he makes really good points. Like he, I think he is very smart when he's talking about this. Everything he says makes sense here. Golfers are easy targets. What about the bigger picture and everything that he mentioned up to this point? Number four. NBA Finals Game 3. Celtics wind up wiping out GSW down the stretch. Entertaining game. By the way, 
So if I'm, people if people don't watch the games and then they're just like, blowouts are boring. That was not a boring game. Can I really okay, quick? I'm I know, sorry. I'll set up the pedestal for uh, you. Like just I saw and here's this is the it was a uh, it was somebody that I know. This is the other part that was irritating about it. It was the second quarter. It was a 15 point game, and I see somebody who, by the way, can I just mention. I know has a Celtics ticket to win the NBA Finals at like 25 to 1. And who is like, ah, blowouts. Here we go again. Have you never watched basketball first? It's a 15-point game in the second quarter. All right? It's, it's far from over. And second, even if it is a blowout, you have the team that is blowing them out. What are you complaining about? You want a tight game on a team that you bet on? Are you psychotic? But you're right. I, like, I, I have brought this point up. Steve, if I were to tell you that the Chiefs beat the Raiders, not sorry Raiders fan, I'm just using this example, by 17 points, is that a blowout? Probably not. Not necessarily. Depends on, d- depends on how the scoring was, yeah. right? Yep. Scoring is different. In today's NBA, a 15-point game is not a blowout. I don't know about you, but yesterday, I watched every second of that game as somebody who had money on it, all the way up until like the last two minutes when you could kind of breathe a little bit. That was far from a blowout yesterday. Okay, on to number four. And I'm glad that was, no, that was a good <laughs> Sorry, one. Sorry, I, just, I on, had to get that out. Um, I did think it was interesting after the game, uh, Jason Tatum talking about the atmosphere at the Garden. Um, mentioned that Paul Pierce was there, and then he was like, whoa, 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 we had Nelly. He's like, St. Louis was in the house. And I thought, it, like, when I read it, I, I was like, wow, he like he loves Nelly, and he's kind of, is he dissing Paul Pierce? But I forgot that Jason Tatum is from St. Louis. So. Right. But honoring the legends. Wearing the purple wristband or the purple armband for Kobe. Loves Nelly. Now, there's also, it also ties into Nelly, too, because he's obviously from St. Louis. Uh, I think it was his rookie year. It might have been, actually, I don't remember what the cover came out, but Slam Magazine had a cover with Tatum on it, and he had, like, you know, the bandage uh, yeah, on the cover shot, uh, just like Nelly did. But I did see... Uh, one person that was in the building, it was like a Celtics writer, uh, reported that Nelly was uh, out of breath after the first song. He was beefy. <laughs> I forgot to ask. Adam Hill went to the big music uh, music festival up uh, on the, the uh, what is it, the festival grounds across from the Sahara. Yeah. And he was talking about some of the old school acts were having a little bit of trouble from a fitness standpoint. No. And when you come to Vegas, like it, it wasn't 105 like today. But you come to Vegas and you're like you're not ready to go and then you're not hydrated. Wow, it'd be a hard fall for you. I mean, and Nelly still is very clearly yoked. Uh, there's not a lot of workout regimen though. Right. I mean, we'll, there's a we'll, lot of lifting and that's well, it. What What do we see with uh, Fitty? Right. Yeah. With the Fitty oh, yeah. at the Super Bowl, like he's he's, he's a dollar. Beef, he's beefier than he was. He's not seventy five cents. You know, because you can whatever you're doing to get yoked. You also have to do cardio to, to, to kind of keep some of the weight yeah, off. Just, you know, just go on the treadmill and incline at least. If you want to look like someone who's in the strongman contest, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. You know? You're going to have a big gas tank, though. No. Number three. Draymond Green. You like the way I put that in the email? Will, will be the, well, but I, no, you, know, I, you know what I love is the other day when you said this will be known as a Draymond series. I said it could be known as a Draymond series. Well, I mean. I, I mean, actually, either way, it might be. I think it is. I yeah. think it is going to be good or bad. Yeah. And last night, he was. He was effing terrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was. And, folks, if you haven't listened to the show, John and I have gone back and forth about Draymond Green for a couple of years now. Um, but I always think that the difference between me and you is I have always understood the negatives of Draymond, but I've also understood how good he can be at his yeah, peak. I, I, don't, I don't appreciate the highs enough. Right. 
But the, the, this is what happens with the lows. Oh, he was, there's not a lot of production, and then he gets emotional, and he starts acting like a, a, just a clown. He was a nightmare. He was fouling left and right. And, and here's the thing. And then, so on top of that, not only was he a nightmare, but then the other negatives start to show up, right? Like there was a possession, I think, in the third quarter where he catches the ball all by himself with the elbow, throws it to the low block to somebody who then all of a sudden has a defender right in his face. So they kick it back to Draymond, who then kicks it right back out to somebody. Like he's never looking to shoot, and he's like by himself on the elbow or the nail, like just, yeah, just distributing and trying to do something. He's, he, you know what he is? He's a quarterback from the 1940s, right? They never threw the ball, and he was just like throwing halfback tosses and handing it off, and that's really it, and they have no value. And it's the same thing. Like when Draymond is not impacting a game defensively in a very positive way, and when he's not distributing assists like we know he can do because the offense gets bogged down because this is an incredible defense, well, now all of a sudden he's just a six foot seven forward who's not looking to score, isn't really that dynamic of a rebounder either, and he's just taking up space on the floor. How about this stat? This is from uh, Mike Adams, who uh, I am familiar with and have talked to a couple of times. He works for Sporting News, does a great job covering the league. This is uh, from his Twitter account, Mike Adams 13 There have been 2,553 instances of a player logging at least 34 minutes in an NBA Finals game. 2,553. Draymond Green is the first one of them to foul out with fewer than five points, five rebounds, and five assists, arguably the least impactful game oh in Finals God. history. Isaiah Thomas was all over Draymond for posting another triple single in the Finals. And where does that show up? That show up in the box score in a game like tonight where you play, you play 34 minutes, you have four rebounds, three assists, and two points. Draymond Green does that in a grade school game, not in the NBA Finals. Okay. Well, first off, I, I feel like Draymond would probably average like 40, 40, and 40 in a great school game. <laughs> right. I would hope. <laughs> but the point, obviously, and he was talking about him losing focus, and it kind of goes back to the whole podcast thing. And, and I don't even think it's just the podcast thing. I think people are latching on to that. Draymond's just a talker. And after game one, when he looks at the stat sheet and he adds up the three-point shooting of Marcus Smart and Derek White and Al Horford and says, ah, we're fine, they come out and win game two, it all works. But then from games two to three, when you're trash-talking Grant Williams, when you're very vocal about everything, and then you lose and perform the way you did in game three, well, then people are going to start to harp on you in terms of your podcast and things that you're doing off of the court. But he's always been the same guy. Number two. But not only is he getting worked up and losing his focus, he's got other people around him who want to step into the fight, which, again... Boston fans are not going to let up. You know, Clay Thompson ripping Boston fans, you know, way to be classy. Draymond <laughs> talking about two Americas, making it a racial thing. Like, it's not going to get better. Uh, does Draymond have a wife who likes to tweet and do social media? Uh, yeah, Hazel Renee, I believe, is uh, how you pr- – I never want to assume how you pronounce somebody's name, but I believe that's what his wife's name, uh, how it's pronounced. Uh, but she tweeted – or she put up on uh, social media and Instagram – um, calling out the crowd for the FU Draymond chance, uh, calling him a B and an MFer. Tough loss tonight, but no way, shape, or form should fans be allowed to chant obscenities at players. Allowed. Are they not human? Is someone standing at your job saying off the wall things to you? The NBA has the audacity to have a whole code of conduct card at every seat about fans and their behavior, and now they should be ejected from a game or banned, but a whole crowd section, numerous people get to chant FU Draymond. Or Draymond, I don't know why I said Graymond, or call him a B or an MF, and nothing? Warriors fans would never, says in all, comp- in all caps, my kids were at the game tonight. 
hearing that mess. Very disgusting of you little what's, Celtics what's fans. What's the dumbest part of that? Uh, well, I don't know if I can rank them because there's multiples. Um, I would say, first off, the blanket statement that Warriors fans would never. Bull crap. Uh, it, actually, Ari, can we play this? Because we have evidence that Warriors fans absolutely would, and it was after the finals in which they ejected LeBron, or excuse me, when LeBron James was walking off, can Ari pull it off, and this fan decided to do this. Hmm. It wasn't silence. Bro, how does it feel to be a Hey, watch your mouth, woman. How's it feel to be a PAB? Warriors fans the, uh, would. The other point is, please don't compare normal jobs to what athletes do. Um, and I, and I, I, I don't like saying, hey, you make millions of dollars, you're playing in front of a big crowd, some of the nastiness comes with the territory. Because it, it really isn't great that we're chanting F you at someone. But regular Joe, there's not that many people interested in the job. You're not going to be out on a construction site and going, you suck. You know, you're going to fail. Okay. You can't drive that crane, you idiot. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> It'd be great if there's like one yeah. guy there. Like, nice ditch. <laughs> just a heckler. <laughs> but no, but can I just say, so let me add a couple things. One, nice um, Trey Young has actually really, like, taken on the role of villain for Knicks fans. What, ha- what happens every time he plays the Knicks? F. Trey Young. That is the chant that is, that is thrown at him every time he is out there, and he embraces it. He likes it. Uh, I would also say to the comment of, is someone standing your job saying off-the-wall things to you, you've clearly never worked in the service industry because I have. And as a barista, there have been many days in which there are people who sit there and say off-the-wall things to me, and I have to take my pittance of salary to get and also ask after being told you have no effing idea what you're doing, would you like whipped cream with that? Number one. Well, the big news of the day in the NBA, around the NBA, is LeBron talking about future ownership of an NBA team, where he'd like to have that team fire this. Team. Buy a team? Yeah, I want to buy a team. That's it. For sure. There you go. Buying a team and then talking is a little tricky. Uh, If you own the team and, like... Yeah, I would much rather own a team before I talk. I want want a team in Vegas. Good for you. Oh, my God. I want a team in Vegas. God, they got fired up. Everyone's just like, <laughs> I just like that. I don't know who that was. Like, good for you, man. Like, it's LeBron. What do you mean? Good for you. You made it, man. <laughs> it, is, it is next level making it, though. Oh, of course. Because like, it, it is a it's an old boys select club, yep. crew that is very closed off to most people. I mean, I you know what? I can't wait to get. We got to get a Denver guest on again. Judge Dan at some point. Because uh, I saw a great header suggestion that you've now got multiple members of the Walmart family who own most of the teams in Denver. And this person, I think it was Mark Kisler, one of the columnists, is like, let the rivalry begin of the Cronkies <laughs> and the Waltons. Well, they're all intermingled already. Man, But that's the kind of money we're talking about in this select club. And there are times where you can have tons of money. They're like, no, no, no. You're still not in the club. Oh, like yeah. Mark Cuban, way too loud. Way too, you know, outspoken, anti-establishment. No, no, no. So, if LeBron, and Jordan's in, but if LeBron owns an NBA team, one of the coolest things to happen, you know, whatever, the last 25 years is going to be awesome, and obviously we benefit here in Vegas. Well, I was going to say, not only that that would be cool, but then tying it into this, to this market, to Vegas, for us down here, if that were to actually happen, I mean, it'd be brilliant. We've seen this city grow in terms of, like, being a sports city and being taken seriously as that. And it would be the cherry on top for, you know, the, the final sports, you know, uh, league to come because we know that Major League Baseball is on its way, right? Um, 
But for it to be LeBron James to do it, be the owner of the team, it'd be incredible. Open up the ticket window. we got some great concerts coming to town during the summer. Morrissey, 80s legend from the Smiths, also a, uh, an awesome solo career. You know his music, right, John? Uh, Morrissey, Coliseum, Caesars Palace, yes. July 1st, 2nd, 6th, 8th, 9th. Tickets on sale now. Ticketmaster.com will get two pair out for Viva Las Vegas. Call her 6 and 7, 364 it's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Line into right, that settles down along the line, keeps on rolling. Verdugo to third, Pablos is going to try to wave him in. Here's the play at the plate, and the throw is up the line, and the Red Sox are on the board. With two down, Bobby Dahlbeck shoots one down the right field line to make it one to nothing. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Poor, poor Angels. So who came up with the idea to use Nickelback for every walk-up? What was the I, point? I, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I have yet to see this explained as to what the in, like the inspiration was supposed to be. For those who don't know the Angels, uh, every single player yesterday for their walk-up song uh, used a different Nickelback song. So Shohei Otani had Photograph, Joe Adele had Rockstar, Jared Walsh, How You Remind Me, Matt Duffy had Someday. Uh, by the way, once you get to, like, five deep, you're struggling for a Nickelback song, right? I don't know that many. I think they've got, like, three to four, maybe five. Like, I would say, like, like Photograph, we know. Rockstar, you know. How You Remind Me, you know. And then, like, yeah, after that, I got nothing. So they did this. And you're willing to turn on your angels. And it and Just it resulted, pouring salt in the wound. It resulted in a one nothing loss. They've lost 14 straight now. Is that back-to-back one nothing losses? No, they lost, um, like, six to five in extras. And then before, after the, the, they lost, yeah. Was that the Waka game? Yeah. Where I was like, I cannot. Because I was, I'm, you know, I'm trying to decide what to bet here. And I was like. I said I was going to ride the train, you know, the, the mm-hmm. uh, Angels losing train and keep betting the opposition. But that day I was like, I, ca- I, I can't bet Michael Waka. Yeah, they lost like one nothing, six five, one nothing. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they got multiple one nothing losses in this series against Boston. Is Trout okay? Uh, tight groin. Seems like it's going to be a couple uh, of days. But, like, this nightmare. is but, – But think about this. Like, in, you follow baseball. Like, how – if I told you it was 2019, you'd believe it. This is the exact same thing that happens with this team every single year, and I can't believe, that, yeah, I can't believe that I fell for it because <laughs> I've got a ticket on them at twenty-five to one to win the World Series. I believed, I got duped. They were twenty-seven and seventeen, and they've lost fourteen straight games. But it happens every year, right? The bullpen falls apart. The minimal, like the the spending on the pitching staff when you try to buy low, falls apart. Mike Trout gets injured. Multiple injuries hit the team, which that's the other thing. I get every team has injuries. The training staff, I mean, I think you've got to look in the mirror about what's going on here because every single year this team suffers injuries, and I mean like catastrophic injuries that just derailed the entire season. Not that Trout's injury is catastrophic, hopefully not. Um, But, like, when you look at this overall, it's just the same thing every year, and, like, you fire Joe Madden, congrats. But what about Perry Manassian, who decided to buy low and has one of the worst middle infields in Major League Baseball when it comes to offensive war, Right? What about Perry Manassian who decided your best pitching upgrade is going to be Noah Syndergaard, one year, $21 million, and, and then, you know, Aaron Loop, and that was it, right? I, I just, I, I, it's more than just Madden. It's a nightmare what they're doing right now. Well, I'm jumping on the Aces. I think the Aces are going to kill it all year. I bet them at 285 to win the title. Really? I'm in. WNBA title. 
Uh, they are they have been off most of the week. They're back on yeah. Saturday. So we're doing watch parties when they're on the road. Next one's coming up on Saturday. It's the Sparks game down in L.A. at Parkway Tavern. That's not where they're playing. That's where the watch party is. District, Parkway Tavern, Damon will be hosting. There'll be drink specials, food specials. You get a chance to watch the Aces. We're off to this awesome start led by Becky Hammond. Uh, future watch parties Friday, July 1st. We'll be at multiple or various. It's not going to be multiple in a night, but various. I'm really butchering this one. Uh, we'll have more viewing parties at Parkway Tavern. But this weekend, 6 o'clock, the uh, district location in Henderson. Aces basketball with DeMond. You know, I've always thought he's been a great player. The best part of this thing is he's an even better person. I mean, it's it's great. He comes to work every day. He listens to everything we do, and he just he works his tail off. And he's got a great, you know, great mind, very smart, and he's and he's a great football player. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Silver Sevens on a Thursday, happy hour. Starts at 3 o'clock, 277. Margaritas, beers, and shots, and of course, great giveaways if you play with the A Play card. Tuesday and Friday giveaways, and they've uh, they've all been this month Jim Beam themed cooking items. Ooh. A lot of barbecue stuff. That double burger press. Yeah. I wanna I haven't made kind of the the the, the flat burger. The smash burger? I like to call it a flat burger. You know. And there's a smashing involved. Yes, there is. Smushing and smashing. Put some raw onions in there. My Friday night. Wait, what? Are you saying you want me to cook for you? No. Oh, are you cooking talking for about me? smushing and smashing. Oh, okay. Uh. Burgers. Burgers. So anyway, every uh, Tuesday and Friday, giving away the items here at Silver 7. So come on down, sign up for the A-Play, and get in. Get involved. So, interesting headline yesterday about NIL and UNLV. This is, you know, to catch people's attention. Andre Agassi has some involvement in an NIL program. Um, The Agassi Foundation for Education was already working with Blueprint Sports. So Blueprint is working with the Rebels, also working with several other schools, Arizona, Gonzaga, Reno, Tennessee's baseball program. So Agassiz behind this, and the chair of it is Bill Paulus, who's one of the you know big donors, big fan of UNLV sports, and has helped out the school a lot. So the program is Friends of UNLV, so it's going to be a collective, and they talked about some of the numbers. Paulus said that about 150000 has been raised since the program began in October, with more than 80000 distributed to athletes through deals with businesses and nonprofit organizations. The fact that Paulus is involved is gigantic. And Agassiz's name on it and tied to it is great. And I, I think we all know there's tremendous potential here in town to generate money. And, again, this this helps close the gap a little bit. You know, that Power 5 versus Group of 5 gap that exists. Now, it's interesting. When you hear $180,000 raised, and then you remember back to, I think it was the end of last week. I don't know, did you get wind of the uh, Ryan Day comments about what he had to pay? What he was going to have to pay through NIL for each position? 
Oh, no. Oh, yeah, he started. Like $2 million for a quarterback, left tackle, a million. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And I don't think it was like this moment of honesty. I actually think he was trying to throw out absurd numbers right. to say, hey, we just can't do this. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, we know Ohio State can do it. Talking about they're hurting some money. No, they're not. You know, there's the haves and the have-nots, Steve. And I often say that Ohio State is one of the have-nots. But UNLV has a lot of potential. I'm not sure that – and Blueprint is working with Nevada. Um, and they've actually had some pretty big donations at Reno uh, the last year or so. Uh, but clearly, I mean, they up north, they got to catch up. And I'm not saying to UNLV. They do have to catch up to UNLV in terms of funding. But they got to catch up because there's nothing more embarrassing than what went down with uh, Reno football and Jay Norvell. That was absurd. That they, you know, they still don't have an indoor practice facility. So last fall, while well, there was all these fires going on in Northern California and, you know, you had all the smoke, made it impossible to practice in Northern Nevada. And then. Reno has to go to Stanford mm-hmm. to work much of its August football camp because they have an indoor facility. So I like this, and I like it for a group of five. Uh, and I also, I, I mean, you know, I've been optimistic. Like, I don't think NIL is the end of group of five. I actually think it's a path to potentially have some group of fives if they're creative and if they can generate money and if they can get the business community involved, they can actually close the gap. But you get, I mean, you gotta, you got to be smart. you got to be creative. And I, I think UNLV is going to do it. I don't know if they're going to, you know, if they're, they're going to close the gap, but I think they're going to be able to raise enough money to make themselves viable, at least at least among, amongst group of fives and then lower power fives. Yeah, I think you start within the Mountain West, right? Like make yourself viable amongst the Mountain West, just specifically talking football at least, and then you go from there. Uh, but like for all of these athletes, and this is the market to do it. We talk about how this is growing. LeBron James is talking about wanting to own a team here. There are going to be opportunities uh, for a lot of these athletes, specifically when talking about UNLV, to not only grow your brand but get NAL opportunities, thus – Tempting is not the right word because that's a negative connotation. But getting other athletes to then want to come over here to grow their own brand on top of playing a sport that they want to play. Spend money to close the gap. Get men's basketball and football more competitive. Make sure the football program has the resources that will allow it to reach bowl games on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Get the money back from the bowl games. You know, men's basketball. Make the NCAA tournament. Get the money back from the NCAA tournament. You know, you can't just throw your hands up and go, we don't have the money. You, you have to come up with the money. You have to spend the money to make the money back. They say you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, Steve. And as an example, look around, especially college basketball. Look who some of the haves are now. Yeah. I mean, really, Spokane, Washington with Gonzaga? Seriously? Yeah. What? I mean, I shouldn't say this. It's a good program, but, like, like I think a lot of people would be surprised that Houston basketball is going to be one of the powerhouses. Oh. And they've been one of the powerhouses, guess, and they're going to be a national title contender next year. Guess who's the money behind Houston men's basketball and football? Yep. The Rockets owner for mm-hmm. Tita. Right? Tillman. It's all, about, it's all about money. And you're right. Now, now Houston is a top-five team. Yep. And they were always a great program. And guess how they did it back in the day? How do you think they did it? With their own version of NIL, right? With resources, as I always say. <laughs> How do you think they did in the past? So now they're getting back to that. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with it because now it's on the up and up. And, you know, Nick Saban and, and others can piss and moan all they want because there's more players potentially. I don't mean the actual athletes, but there's more players in the field. Well, tough luck, man. You guys have all the resources. I mean, how much, how much of an advantage do you friggin' need? So well, I think this is awesome. If Andre Agassi's involved and, you know, the Blueprint Sports thing, which has already been involved and, Bill Paulus has been a heavy contributor. So this, this could be uh, really, really good. And I think it shows that they're, they're forward-looking here. They're not just 
saying, hey, it's just, it's just not going to happen. We're giving up. Well, I, I think, too, if you're an athlete that wants to come out here, it, it's good that there is a community that is willing to help with the athletes and try to build this up, too. It's not just coming out to play sports. It's, it's a smaller-knit community that I think people realize and that there's a lot of people that, even though the brand of UNLV is not as recognizable, especially in basketball as it once was, uh, there are a lot of people that are very faithful to it and that are willing to put in time to help uplift the athletes. And that's, I think that when you're deciding on where to go to school to play your sport, probably help yeah the chairman of blueprint said athletes put their heart and soul into these sports they need to be compensated for some level of engagement because it's expensive to train the quality of the food that is critical to their success costs money and if we can help alleviate some of these stresses they're going to be better performers on the court and on the field enter to win a hundred dollar gas card every 15 minutes from 6 p.m to 10 p.m every thursday here at silver sevens and the william hill raisin sportsbook Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, John. We got to address the conversation that started last hour, and that was our gambling expert on Thursday, Brad Powers talking about leaving Vegas eventually because it's always been a goal of his to get land. Now, he didn't really get into why he wants land. Is he going to call the lady? 1-866-THE-LAND. Possibly. I don't think that's the kind of land he wants. That's like vacation land. Um, Audrey. Uh, Is that her name? (laughs) Such a good commercial. Can I just say that? I'm not not anti-land. The land, um, I just wouldn't know what to do. Like, if it's supposed to be working land. Like, I'm fascinated by Rick Ross. Huh. You've seen that, right? He's got a ton of land, and how he started buying livestock. Uh, yeah, like did you got, see the video got, of him just, like, chopping down trees on his land? I didn't see that. Is yeah. he chopping down trees? He's like, yeah, we're out here. We're chopping, we're chopping down trees. He's got, like, this giant chainsaw, I think. And he's just okay, like. Okay, well, that's the, By the way, when you said chopping, I'm like, is Rick Ross really chopping, or is it? Well, he lost a lot of weight, remember? He ate pears. That's how he, that's how he lost his weight, if you remember. That's what he attributed it to. You ever, tried to ch- you ever try to chop a tree? You ever no. try to chop wood? I've tried to chop wood. I mean, now chopping a tree is ridiculous. Um, especially like the trees. So apparently the story was that Rick Ross on his land had a bunch of trees he wanted to clear it out, and he asked like how much it would cost. Yeah. And don't quote me on the exact price. It was something ridiculous, like $10,000 a tree. Yeah. And he's like, why would I do that when I could just do it myself? And the video cuts, and he's just in the middle of a forest with a chainsaw. And he's like, we're doing it. And I'm like, what? Okay. I, uh, I just bought a chainsaw. For what? Uh, I got to do some yard work. There's no, I've seen your house. There's no. There, there's a tree that kind of hangs over the neighbors, and it's a good tree, but it just it just grows so aggressively. And in the past, I've had you know some little clippers, and I'm like, screw this, man! I got to get some heavy artillery, and I got to cut down bigger branches. So at some point in the next six months, it'll go from the tree being a nuisance to the tree crashing through the fellow's house. So that, say, yeah. That'll be the end of that story. Um, but like, that's a big thing for me. So when I hear Brad Powers, and he's like, I need land. I'm like, what? Okay, what are you going to do with the land? So I had a couple of encounters the last few weeks. Um, uh, old girlfriend, but going back like 12 years, right? She moves on from me. Terrible move, right? Uh, she gets married. She retires. Not that old, right? She, she, clearly chose she, the go, back. she goes to a Midwest state and 
she was texting me about like her sister still lives in town, her sister's anniversary, blah blah blah. And I was like, hey, how's, how are things going? You know, what's it like? What's country life like? And she's like, I just we just had a great hay season. I'm like, I, I that don't, sounds terrible. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> hay season. That sounds awful. Like next up, we're growing chickens, and I'm like, I don't. You know what? I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. If that's what you want, that that, that was not going to be me. It I know that sounds terrible. Hay season. I just think of like all the, like the old cliches and all those movies. Like, ah, oh, it's a dry, it's a dry spring. The waters aren't coming in this year. I guess we have irrigation, so it doesn't really matter. But still, that sounds like a tear. Hay. Is there is like the hay? Is there a need in the? I guess you're feeding the livestock. I guess do they eat hay still? I think people. People grow hay and I guess sell it. There's a hay business. Does bo- does business boom in October when yeah, I mean, like all sorts of all sorts of neighborhoods are buying bales of hay for their dumb pumpkin patches? I'm guessing that's not like one of the big reasons you grow hay <laughs> is for Halloween. Like, so it's, it's the October it's the October surge. Everybody get your hay on. So that was the hay season conversation. Then uh, one of my sister in laws was in town last night. And she lives in Alabama with my brother, who grew up in New Jersey, and is a little more handy than I am. And she starts talking about this greased pig contest that her daughter won. Okay. That she captured a greased the, up pig. The pig. Uh, then apparently, whoever was keeping the pig got robbed, and they stole the pig. And then we got in this whole conversation about my brother now is butchering animals. Nice. I'm like, I don't. This is not where I come from. Nice. We couldn't have less in common anymore. Aside from that, he's just kind of bitter and. So they cover crazy, the pig so. in grease, and you got to capture it, huh? And then the daughter captured it, and then the, she, she lost. They were going to eat the pig, like by hand, like she tackled the pig. I guess down they and tackled like, the pig. I don't know. Reminds me of greased up deaf guy from Family Guy. Twelve year old girls. This is, the, I guess, this is the thing in Alabama. You, you what size is the pig? You got to have some girth to you as a human to like wrangle a pig. Do you not? I mean, I guess it's a small pig, which will make people all mad that they're gonna, you know, they're running pigs in grease and then they're gonna eat them. That's a. T- think about that from the pig's perspective. That's a terrible way to go. Like, what are they covering me in? Oh my God! Now I have to run from all these Man, things. Why they're is trying this to get twelve year old? female human being tackling me right. ouch that hurt and then it's over well then it got stolen I don't, I don't know if it's like still living somewhere so it's like i'm thank god i got stolen well maybe or, it's a pita thing or, yeah. or if it turned into a freaking you know ham and egg breakfast yeah. terrible <laughs> yeah no i'm not all about that life you don't think you can make the i think you'd make the adjustment better to oh, I could, the, the land better I than i it. would no i could totally do it that doesn't mean i want to as a former boy scout of two years Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and somebody what's, who enjoys camping. I feel what's like the I best do skill it. you learned? <sighs> like Nothing. not not tying? I mean, what? No, I mean, I don't. I don't even know what they do. Work. I was never a Boy Scout, clearly. I, like, there was one time where I went to like a, like a five-week-long camp out in like Utah, and I learned how to shoot like a like a rifle. Uh, archery, I was pretty good at that. I was terrible at archery. No um, no aim. The Nothing. only memorable thing is the time that, that kid that we duct-taped into the porta potty and tipped it over. So. <laughs> that was that's not, that's not exactly a Boy Scout skill. You could have just gotten that like with a fraternity, right? Yeah. Did you really do that to someone? I didn't, but like they did. Oh, we, man. but you know, we're a troop, so as a collective, one Kid, does it. We all do it. Kids are terrible. All right, back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. The land. <laughs> the hell out of here. Imagine just like one of those like long sticks, just like you know, prongs on him. You're just out there, just Brad Powers, former college football handicapper, and he's just by hand. 
sowing the land, getting ready to spray seeds and do whatever. It's insane. I mean, I'll, I'll dial them up and be like, hey, I'll bring my chainsaw if I can just cut stuff. <laughs> right. How far away are you? Can I bring a chainsaw? Can, I, can you put a chainsaw on a plane? I don't mind can we just move it. on, please? This is not this is not ending. I'm just what happens. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Okay, you and I love the topic of athletes getting into media and what they think they should do, how they're coached, how they think they can be better at it, especially radio, which I think is, is funny. There there are some good athletes. Doug Gottlieb is a very good radio guy. He's a former athlete. Uh, but, you know, Draymond Green's doing this podcast, and Draymond was talking about what, new media? What's he talking about, like yeah. the player's voice? Yeah, so this is part of, like, the, the push now here in terms of, like, yeah, the, the new media is what he calls it. And, and I actually think this is where we get into our Draymond Green discussion. He has a point. Now, again, we talk about execution of said point. Maybe you can quibble with that. So here, here's a really good example, right? Um, Tomar's Arley, who covers the Los Angeles Clippers for a website called Clunch Points. So I, I follow him. I've had him on the podcast a couple times. He's a really cool dude. And there's a clip that gets passed around of, I think it's after game one. Might be after game two, but it's a clip about of Draymond, and the clip starts with him going, "Yeah, Steph draws a lot of attention, even more attention than Kevin Durant," and so everybody immediately picks that up and runs with it. Oh, here we go again, Draymond taking shots at Kevin Durant, can't leave the guy alone. Blah 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 blah. Azarly retweets the full clip of what it was with the question that was asked, and the preface is, "Even when you were playing with Kevin Durant, did you see Steph Curry get attention like this?" And so, like, in that, that one moment, this one I'm talking about, is kind of like the microcosm of what we're talking about in the bigger picture. Athletes always, and that's why I keep making the jokes about, like, the Raiders, right, where Derek Carr said, or excuse me, Devontae Adams says Derek Carr is just as good as Aaron Rodgers. No, he said they had some similarities. But sometimes things like that will be presented as such, so you can generate clicks, generate debate, and generate interaction. And it's the same thing here, and that's why guys like Draymond Green are opening up their podcast and doing what he's calling new media. It's why a guy like J.J. Redick is viewed as some refreshing source of like pushback on Stephen A. Smith, who will just throw out sometimes some outlandish statement with no backing, and it's nice to have somebody call him on that as opposed to a Max Kellerman who doesn't really do that that much or the others. Well, he wasn't allowed to. Right, he wasn't allowed he to. Wasn't, right. the, the rules, as the time went along, the rules got set that he wasn't allowed to push back, and now you got fresh faces in there. And I think Stephen A. is like, okay, what is happening here? It happened the other day where uh, Stephen A. threw out that, hey, Russell Westbrook, probably shouldn't have been at the Darvin Ham press conference, and then he got freaking attacked by uh, Redick and, and, and C.J. McCollum. Yeah. What is your issue with Russell Westbrook being at that news conference? That's a wild thing, not, that, a wild thing that for well you to say. Him supporting his team, his organization, yeah. his coach, a fellow African-American not, man well, that gets hired by the Los Angeles Lakers. Don't, don't go there. That's and not, now that's not you're saying this is what you said. See, but no, no, but see, you said that he... crossing the line when you bring up oh, another African-American man. That's not where I'm going with you that. Said I'm talking that, about the Lakers organization discussing trading him. What does that got to do with him? Well, what I'm saying, no, what are you talking about? What that got to you do said with him? him going to the press conference, you're disappointed. I'm saying, I'm, no, I'm saying. Don't, the, run the tape. We got the tape. Run the tape. Right. I love, he pulls a run the tape. I love that this is happening because when you're the dominant force in an argument all the time, you get to do this. And when someone throws it back in your face, it screws you up. I mentioned you pulled this on me the other day where I joked sarcastically that Draymond Green has been the seventh most important player of the Warriors over the years during the run. And then you, you started using my quote, but seriously, to guest. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, I'll let him have fun because I do this to everyone else. <laughs> right. But Stephen A is getting some of his own treatment. Um, it takes a while to get to this one, but I love uh, Stephen A is trying to like dig himself out of the hole, explain himself. And then J.J. Redick pulled. This is, a, this is a classic. I might start using this on the show. The Lakers organization has been talking about moving Russell Westbrook. My point is, is that 
this guy, there are question marks as to whether or not he's going to be a part of the team. Do you want to take back that statement? No. I feel you don't want to take it back. No. I love that. Do you want to take back that statement? You want to take it back? No. And awesome. And this is part of like kind of this new push. That's what you're talking about. Now, I think this conversation differs from the conversation about these players who think they should vote for these awards, because clearly some of them still don't know. But I do think they have a point in that this has all been about reaction and debate and clicks. And some of these sports figures, i.e. Draymond Green and that one clip I talked about, are presented in an unfair light. John, good job. You have any clue what's coming up tomorrow at your one o'clock show? You already no. have anything planned out? Getting uh, ready for uh, finals game number four on VSN. Finals game number four. A lot of write-ups are there. VSN.com/slash/jvt. We'll be writing about a game four win for the Boston Celtics. Thanks to Silver Sevens for housing the show today again. Happy hour every day at three o'clock. Great deal on drinks. Two seventy-seven. Tons of prizes. Well, giveaways if you use the A play card. So come on down here and play the machines, play the tables. Silver Sevens, Flamingo in Paradise.